what's up what's up welcome to the motion show this is episode 10 and i'm really excited because i'm gonna try having my first interview i just shot some video with my good friend al green of how do you say it Beaumont Originals. I'm still trying to get the word, which is French for beautiful world. Beautiful world. Beaumont is beautiful world. And, uh, you know, so we're here at the house shooting. So um, say what's up to the people. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Hey, we're just hanging out. And like I said, we're we're shooting some videos. So, um, you know, uh, talk about talk a little bit about what you do. You're a cinematographer. You're a writer. A writer. Uh, I do I, photography. Um, Yes. Uh, I call you a creative just because that, yeah. that's what you are, man. You're yeah. into music. You're into everything. Everything, yeah, anything. Um, I've always, like, number one, I always loved music, so that's always been my motivation uh, through art. Uh, a lot of things, I guess, I look at um, through music in the same way as um, I see visually, especially when I'm creating stuff visually, you know. So, like, what kind of stuff did you grow up on, like, music-wise? What's, what's some of your influence as far as, like, having that? Because I, I feel just, I feel like in the opposite way of you, like, I do music, you do cinematography, but when I watch movies and I watch TV, I'm always paying attention to the cinematography right. and thinking about how the music plays into the cinematography and vice versa. So you're kind of coming from that opposite direction. So what's, yeah. you know, what's some of your influences in, in, in early on stuff surprisingly okay so uh, for, for for music um i grew up in a lot of um gospel a lot of, like uh my uh, my stepfather growing up had a, one of those giant furniture um uh rate record players you know it's like you know a giant uh, dresser you know i know it's gonna lit up has a real good yeah, sound yeah yeah it's got the like the Weed carpeted speakers on the oh, sides, you know what I mean? I've always wanted one. one of those. Yeah, yeah. He had a whole legit system, um, had records. So every Sunday, the house would smell like collard greens, and he'd, he'd lift the lid on that and just start playing Mahalia Jackson. And wow, um, just some really rich, deep blues, you know, deep gospels yeah. and stuff like that. And when you say gospel, like the old, like, you know, I tried to tell people there's a difference because they do like some Christian rock and like some gospel stuff that's a little newer and it's just not that gutter, yeah. like guttery or guttural. That's what right. I'm trying to think. Guttural, right. like in, in your belly, in your soul, deep, guttural, bluesy gospel stuff yeah. that's really down home. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's a lot of what I understood growing up a lot of jazz a lot of like you know soft notes you know like funny you know funny banter in the songs yeah. you know um you know and as i got older you know i always like to say that the first toy that i ever had was a radio and i just like tuning in and listening to different things and yeah. so i never got pigeonholed into a uh, genre for myself, you know, as an African American, most people would think all I do is listen to rap, R and B, or right. you know, I just kind of like stay in that rhythm. But no, I started really enjoying like uh, classic rock. Like one of my favorite, even today, one of my favorite bands is Rush. 
a lot of people wouldn't think of that. I wouldn't have thought of that. Even now, I mean, I don't think you that way. Like, you only listen to hip-hop. I know how eclectic you are, but I still wouldn't have pinned you as a Rush fan. (laughs) Because I'm a total dork, you know? And, like, Rush is, like, all fantasy and science fiction. That's true. The energy behind their music and stuff, and there's a trio. Hard to believe it's a trio, isn't it? It's sick. You know, the amount of music that comes out of those guys, you know? So um, that was, like, a lot of really good energy for me when I was a kid. Got me creative. I was very introverted, so I never really... um, you know, I, I, I like to internalize a lot and, um, you know, write things down and, you know, like so, you know, draw pictures. So even back like then when you were hearing this stuff, would you get a lot of visuals with the music yeah. and stuff? Yeah. You kind of just see things happening? See things, yeah. And that's why when, like, in 1981, I guess it was, when MTV popped on. Right. And I was standing there. I remember the day I was standing there. It was a cold day out. And I had galoshes on. And I had my shirt on. I had my backpack on. My coat was on. And I was standing there, and I was looking up, because the this is like 1981, I guess, and I'm this I'm like this little kid, and I'm looking up because the TV is like this 13 inch TV, and it's on like this little pedestal in the corner. It was weird. Okay. And uh, I was staring up, and I was looking at Hall of Notes uh, performing um, Private Eyes as a music video on MTV. And I was staring at it because I listened to the song, and I liked the song. I'd never seen the song. And the concept of seeing the music just, I don't know, just switched something on. It it definitely did a lot for a lot of bands. There were a lot of bands like Tom Petty, um, ZZ Top, a lot of those classic rock bands that really cashed in on that MTV era. And then, of course, like Beastie Boys and some of those people that came later. But there's a lot of classic rock bands that cashed in on that. And I I remember seeing a lot of stuff back then. It was just mind-blowing. And and it was like you could do no wrong. Yeah. You know, it was like... It was okay. Yeah, Yeah. just whatever you you wanted to throw up against the wall. Red Hot Chili Peppers to Weird Al Yankovic. And everybody was okay with each other doing, like, enjoying it, too. You know, like, you know, when Run DMC and Aerosmith came together, you know? And I was like, I always say, too, like, when you see different parts of music come together, that means people are coming together, you know? And if you can see a blend and you can see a, you know, you know, a beautiful, you know, collage like that come together, then people should be more connected. Yeah, you know? I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I always, um, you know, there's there's certain people out there that do, as far as I like songwriting specifically, uh, and they feel very protective of their songs. Yeah. And that this is my song, and I'm this is my baby, right. and it's hard to break out of that. I mean, I went through that phase. I think probably every songwriter goes through that phase, yeah. and maybe you've gone through that as a creative with like video. But then once you kind of like just let go and yeah. you let someone else have the idea. And like, okay, I might write this part of it. You write that part. Or we're going to record this, but I'm going to let this producer have the mix on it. You know what I mean? And control what guitar solo parts go and stuff like that. Collaboration is, in my opinion, absolutely the way to go and the way to create something special. It is. Just get the more people involved, sometimes the better. Just getting little bits of ideas and creativity, connectivity. And then, you know, because we all come from... A lifetime of collections of influences that's what yeah. makes us all up right. so it's like there's so we're, we are collaboration we're a product of collaboration so why wouldn't our art projects be 
the same thing. Exactly. And so, um, you know, we worked together on the doing the butt video was, yeah. was, was how we met. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to everybody who, who helped us with that and yeah. McGee. And I guess that was like I was saying, I actually talked about it a little bit in the last podcast because I was telling people we were going to be working together. And I right. was like, check out doing the butt because yeah. it was a Spike <laughs> Lee video. Right. And what was the I couldn't remember the group's name. Do you remember the group's name that put oh, the song out? EU. EU. That <laughs> pound, pound for that. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Yeah. And I was in the middle of the podcast and I felt stupid. I was like, damn it, I can't think of it. But shout out to EU. Yeah. Not that they're listening, but <laughs> but but that right. that was so much fun and so much energy. And that's where right. I, I first saw that you had this creative and plus we talked and you you know, it talked about some of your writing and some of your things like that. And uh so now you're doing this rebranding. Yeah, yeah. So we were um so I had um I've had a business called Flat World Media Productions for well over almost 20 years now. It's ridiculous. At least 18. Right. So, um, uh, Flat World Media Productions has always been a commercial business. Just do whatever. Um, and then uh, around 2007, 2008, 2009, around that time, we, uh, my wife and I uh, got together and created BG Productions, which is a wedding uh, and events kind of side to things. And so having those two brands just got confusing for people. Are we BG right. at this event or are we Flat Room at this event? And then a few years ago, um, people came out of the woodworks thinking that the world was flat. And so we got all these emails and questions about our judgment. You know? <laughs> so I was like, people aren't taking the brand seriously anymore. Oh man, that's you know? funny. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's time to like move Yeah, on. like Kyrie Irving, flat, right. flat earth. Right, right, exactly. And the whole point of Flat World Media Productions was that the even playing ground of technology and communication. So I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's like that's like the motion. My thing with the motion is everybody's the motion. We're all part of the motion. So I get that. Right. So now with Beaumont Originals, we're putting our artist, our artistic parts, our artistic. visions forward yeah because like i said man you're a creative that's like and you said you were doing writing we were talking i don't want to give too much away or anything (laughs) i don't know i don't know how much people know about it but uh well it's getting out there hopefully you know it's um just starting off as a uh a published writer in a local paper uh right now but i'm doing a um a science fiction serial kind of like in the same vein as like your uh, Flash Gordon serials, you know, they end in a cliffhanger and then it's like this impossible way of them, you know, surviving or something like that. So I like to have that kind of fun, but I also want to Yeah, tell. that's that's really nostalgic too, yeah. man, from like way back in the, I guess, you know, almost like the 70s and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even further. Even further yeah, probably, like right? Yeah, even back. Like I would say, 20s. yeah, they would take yeah. it back even further, right? they were listening to it on radio. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, even before, like, the Orson Welles right. type stuff. Exactly. And uh, yeah. what was the radio thing that they did? The Orson Welles, yeah. War of the Worlds. Yeah. Like, uh, and all that stuff back then. And yeah. they used to do cliffhangers and, and stuff yeah. like that. On radio. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. See, I was thinking more uh, graphic novels and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, where they would have cliffhangers and that but mm-hmm. I forgot about that yeah, man in the like the same vein as comic books yeah. like you know you got to you got that end you have to tune in the next month you know yeah. uh, it's the same kind of vision 
and I think this style of kind of short short bursts of short stories like this that um, are helpful especially in our society now we're like all like real quick about things you know we just want to like ingest yeah. something and then move on um, and still feel fulfilled yeah. by something but you don't have the full commitment you want to read a full you know novel but you'll, you'll read a part of it but you're not going to come back to it if it's you know you still have a lot going on and you don't right. know it but if there's something that's short and finite and it has like a definite ending that's like oh I gotta get to the next one you know but you know it's a bite size so you're not gonna commit that much you right know? I think short stories are amazing they're great I think it's fun for people and uh, I think I want to kind of create a des- design something around that well I think I think the idea is genius of doing it that way, and I think the idea of what you have is genius. So I'll let people uh, go and and read that. And where can they where can they find that at? You got some links online or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I do. Um, um, I'm, it's uh, if you look for it, uh, it's going to be on the East Falls local. Let me see if I can find the uh, the link real quick. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you were telling me a little bit about the concept and. Uh, monsters. I'm so bad yeah. with the name. I ate, an, I ate yeah. an edible. Yeah. I ate, was, I fucked. <laughs> I fucked up and ate an edible, and now it's kicking in. But uh, I'm having trouble remembering things. Yeah, so the title of the of the of the uh, of the story is called Monster Genocide. Monster and Genocide. How I got to that is because um, the story. Um, as you start to read it, you'll start to get more of it. Um, but um, the story is about. Uh, world is completely turned upside down by um, an event that has turned basically all living creatures besides humans against everyone so everything is just completely apeshit and uh, so like right now yeah basically yeah 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 so there there's a there's a science fiction element to it that's fantastic i think that people are going to really enjoy it um but there's also a comedic element too i think a lot of it is also um I've taken a lot of myself and put into it. Like I'm, uh, uh, like I said about music. You know, for instance, you didn't, you weren't, didn't know I was into Rush. Rush. I'm also into rockabilly. I love nice. rockabilly. Nice. The whole energy behind it, and the energy behind Monster Genocide is that same thing. I mean, we've got, um, we got bad guys named the Chainsaw Jerks. You know, we've got oh, nice. groups like that come in from, you know. Um, from uh, different levels that remind you of things from like the 1950s, you know, like um, the car they drive is called the Merc, you know. Oh, that's so they cool. have this whole like kind of old vibe. And, I know, love the detail yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So there's this, uh, there's there's an energy behind it that's classic and and dystopian at the same time. Yeah, I mean it's crazy how you know, and these are just stories, but you have so much, uh, you have so much vision, which is why I respect what you do and like I said that's why I call you a creative because when I'm thinking about a song and thinking about things I I see visuals with it and and I'm the same way I visualize the music I want it to be an artistic piece that's why I was saying I'm having so much fun today working with you because you're the type of person I can be like yo man I know I said we were going to do this but (laughs) now we're going to do this instead and you're like all right fuck it let's just roll with it and you know hey what about this shot on the porch you like this yeah it's cool ah nah it sucks go over there the lighting's bad you know what I mean like and we just throw stuff against the wall and I think that's when sometimes you get genius yeah you find some amazing stuff you find some amazing angles sometimes it's those clever 
um, those clever mistakes. Sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, that was what I thought it was going to be, but wow, look at the light, you know, that's fantastic, you know, or you're, you're, you're trying to figure something out and then, you know, you just put the camera down and you realize what angle the camera's at. You're like, oh, let me just look at it from that angle and see what's going on. You must, you must be uh, excited to, 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 to be, you know, alive when being a black nerd is cool <laughs> like you know what i mean that uh Don, donald glover yeah. always talks about that he was yeah. like you know i never yeah. thought i would see the day where that was actually cool right. and i told i always talk about how um i feel bad because i had a friend i won't mention his name but he was like that and back when we were in school there was a lot of like influence from guys who were more thuggish and stuff like that for him to be more of a thug and they kind of like busted on him for not being like that and he wasn't like that you know what i mean and he was and we were cool like you know what i mean (laughs) and i was always just like i floated around and and wanted to be cool with every group you know what i mean i wanted to be cool with the rednecks (laughs) i wanted to be cool with the jocks i wanted to be cool with the black guys i wanted to be cool with everybody you know and I I was just me. I didn't want to have to conform and be something that I wasn't. And I always felt bad for him that he had to try and like walk different lines when he was with different people. Um, But it's funny because Donald Glover always talks about that, about, you know, he never thought he'd see the day where where it would be like that. And just nerds in general, you know what I mean, Uh, are starting to be... (laughs) taking over the world you know what i mean so i think it's i think it's awesome that it just cracked me up when you said that (laughs) i know you feel that way though yeah for sure yeah it's interesting it's an interesting time for sure we were talking about um the times in uh the way things are right now and i think it's good that you're doing what you're doing and i appreciate all that you do i'm gonna give you a pound so if you want to find out more about mr al green where can they check you out at? Uh, you can go, um, actually, if you want to check out the story, you can go to eastfallslocal.com. Okay, if you want to check out some of his writing. You can look there for Monster Genocide. That's one place you can find us. Uh, currently, you can find us at uh, Flat World Media uh, Productions at flatworldonline.com. Okay. And you can see some work there. Or uh, bgproonline.com. Okay, and or, or you can just wait to the next video drops that we drop together and we'll put all our links and all our hashtags to all our uh, self-promoting stuff and and stuff that we're collaborating with with tons of other people and everything so thanks for thanks for the interview brother i appreciate it absolutely all right man well that's uh that's all we have for today ladies and gents we're at over 18 minutes i know i said i was going to do 15 minutes or less, but uh, you know, we had a guest today, so I think it was worth it. Appreciate y'all, love y'all, keep your heads up, take care.